unthrottled, I'm going to be a little more open. And that's what unthrottled means to me. And full throttle is part of my life. I'm a big gearhead, Harley rider, monster truck driving, trend-setting, trailblazing woman. So here I am, and I'm throttled, and let's, you know, whatever sticks, let's go. Hey, Carnage Nation, you are listening to Medusa's Unthrottled Podcast. And this episode is going to be very inspirational, very emotional, very enlightening, and very personal to me. And I know to Tree as well. Mm. I want to talk about a few different subjects, but until we get there, um, I think we want to open up, um, kind of reflect on what we were talking about last week. So when all Carnage Nation is sitting down, strapping in, and ready to crank it up here, I think let's go ahead and start and say, hey, guys, hello. <laughs> Tree Witcher, hey, guys. Hi, guys. <laughs> <laughs> I was waiting for oh, that. Oh, man. <laughs> Hi, guys. That's, that's, that's going to be such a just. It's Monday. Yeah, with me. <laughs> Monday. Mon- no, that's Sunday, Sunday. Anyway. <sighs> so last week we we covered, I got some great feedback on that. And I didn't really get to share with you. But, I mean, being stuck, a lot mm. of people related to that. And I got a few things on Twitter and stuff, and I thought it was kind of cool because I never really got feedback like that before, and people were mm. feeling it, and they can understand. They were explaining a few things, and I thought, well, heck, we're on to something. So not only are we trying to reel in the, you know, more women viewers, but I really want to engage, you know, men and women together. Um, of course, you and I being women and strong women and empowerment, I, I just don't want to flood the guy's ears that were just, you know, anti-men or anything. Because I love, mm. you know, I love men. They're a great specimen or whatever. But I, <laughs> I, I the subject that I want to talk about tonight um, goes into kind of like a spider effect into a lot of different roots and areas. So um, I, I have, myself, I've been... I've felt stuck tree and I didn't get to share with that with you in our last episode because when I first started last year it's been a year exactly actually a year and maybe two months that I have been like on a physical hiatus and it really does a number on you and yourself personally and wondering about everything else around you and you know, I started last February when, you know, I had my implants taken out because that's what I wanted to do. I was sick of them. I had them for 36 years. I didn't, mm. I didn't need them. It was for entertainment. And mm. I'm more of a hippie child and I love wearing, you know, shirts and don't have to wear a bra sometimes. And it's nah. just, you know, I'm pretty damn flat. You know, <coughs> I'm just, I'm like a pancake anyway. So what the hell? And uh, I, I just, I feel great. But right from there, I went and had a you know, knee replacement Mm -hmm. done in in June that, you know, February, March, I think it was in April, like two months later. And that one didn't take very well. And then four or five months later, I had to have a whole new knee replacement surgery. And, and then of course, a bunch of other things popped up. I'll share with y'all later, but it really takes a look. And I felt stuck. I didn't know which direction. And I was trying to keep everything on top. And social media can be just I mean, mind-boggling because sometimes people get so, I mean, 
ah, social media can be just a downfall sometimes. They get very abusive. They get um, mean. They get critical. They find a weak a weak spot and they it's like they jump on it mm-hmm. um, I'll give you a second here in a minute tree but one second so and I feeling all of this I just see a huge transition here in so many different areas I want to go and I think I'll you know it's like through the stuck period I could have went in so many different you know avenues and you know got depressed or I could have you know, became a different person. I could have been an an inter- introvert, to which I am mm-hmm. sort of anyway. Mm-hmm. And but yeah, people are probably not believing that, but I am. And mm-hmm. uh, just because my business is, you know, I'm an extra extrovert, being in my business and an introvert mm-hmm. when I'm home, and um, it changed my life tree. You know, mm-hmm. when you're stuck, it can change your life, and I had to get out of this rut. And mm-hmm. I, I used so many avenues that I knew within myself, being a self-healer, being um, just, you know, going into, how, what, do they, what do they say, flight and fight, what is that mode? Fight or flight mode. Yes, yeah. and survival. I had to be in survival so many times this last year, and I can't wait to share with you through episodes of podcasts and great little stories, and I'm going to be able, I'm going to come out with a few things that I've never shared with people, and it's about time. Um, it's okay. Um, it seems to be the thing that it's all okay. And I'm not going to put everything out there. Of course, I'm going to leave a lot for my book. And then I'm also going to leave a lot just to the grave with me. You know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. it's mm-hmm. just nobody's business. But anyway, mm-hmm. so from from being stuck and uh, getting the feedback, I, 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 this brings me to the subject and what I want to talk about. I want to go across a few things, you know, I want to talk about, you know, a lot of us feel um, maybe, you know, sometimes we feel mentally abused, maybe we Mm -hmm. feel, uh, and then we go into depression, maybe some of us have some mental depression, Um, Mm -hmm. maybe we have, um, there's some people in cases that um, people are stuck in the Stockholm syndrome, Mm -hmm. and people I have never in my life knew what Stockholm Syndrome was. I mean, totally until I did my diligence, spoke to a lot of people, and I spoke to a very dear friend of mine, and I was on the phone with her for a long time, and my heart went out. And mm. then I I read and I learned about gaslighting. I didn't know what that was. I, was mm-hmm. he- I, heard, th- I heard that light. Mm-hmm. I mean, I heard that word thrown at me like, the last, you know, month or so. And I'm like, what mm-hmm. the hell? What, I, I better check that out. Mm-hmm. And boy, when I put everything into perspective and put everything together and I'm like, it's out there. And especially mm-hmm. in our business, mm-hmm. it is in pro wrestling, mm-hmm. Stockholm syndrome, gaslighting. I mean, yep. it happens in marriages and relationships, men, women, men and men, women, women. I don't give a fuck what you are. Mm-hmm. It happens. Mm-hmm. And that's my topic, sweetheart. So, you <laughs> get, I mean, it is fully loaded. Ooh. And um, let's go ahead and let's, you can go ahead and start in what you want to start. And then we'll just correlate. Yeah. Go ahead. Well, I appreciate, you know, your openness and willingness to talk about heavy subjects like this. I mean, you know, we're definitely unthrottled here on the podcast. So, um, you know, we're (laughs) always full steam ahead with any subject. We'll talk about anything. And hopefully this will 
you know, people can relate to some of this the way that they related to last week's episode about feeling stuck. Um, you know, I, I think when you came to me about wanting to talk about this, um, my ears perked up, you know, because I think we've all sort of felt this way. You feel stuck and then you feel like maybe the odds are against you. Um, and I think sometimes people don't realize that they actually are. Um, you know, maybe you have negative people in your life um, who are keeping you down or you have people who are, quote unquote, friends or colleagues or mentors, um, whoever, um, who are supposed to be under the guise of trying to help you or, or support you um, are actually, you know, maybe mentally or emotionally abusing you. Um, and I because I think I see it a lot on on social media, especially wrestling social media. Um and so when you, you brought up and you talked to somebody, uh, a close friend of yours who's in the business, who's in wrestling and th- this stuff is happening to her, um, I'm like, yeah, you know, it's, it's happened to me. It's happening to me. It's happening to a lot of people um, on wrestling Twitter, a lot of fans. I mean, it's, it's happening all over the place. And so I think it's important to talk about it openly so that, you know, maybe if you are in a bad situation um, and you don't know it, you know, maybe we can help bring some light and, and help people get, get out of that dark place that they're in. Oh, definitely. And that's a great point because I want to let people know that there are avenues, there are people, there are um, sessions online. If you can't Mm -hmm. um, go to somebody because of the fear of you might, your spouse or your significant other might find out. Mm -hmm. I mean, I will have at the end of the, of the uh, show that um, places and, um, uh, you can talk and whatnot to people. So, mm-hmm. um, and there's great, I mean, if you just Google stuff too, you'll find some great articles and um, workshops. Um, mm-hmm. I just, I couldn't believe that this is actually a freaking mm. thing. I mean, yeah. gaslighting and Stockholm syndrome. And I mean, from the narcissistic mother and the drama mm-hmm. and the triangle and all of that. And I mean, we're talking about moms and daughters and moms and kids, and we're talking mm-hmm sisters and brothers and husbands and wives and girlfriends right. and girlfriends and boyfriends and boyfriends my freaking mind just exploded <laughs> yeah. i was like holy crap and believe me i i i've i'm 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 totally relating to this because mm-hmm. it touched me like a ton of bricks and i, I just i want to share with everybody so tree um before we start i want to share uh, a little segment and I'm going to go ahead and record it, and um, I'm going to stop at one point, and then we can talk a little bit, mm-hmm. and then we can go ahead and start. But it's about 14 minutes long, okay? And so I am going to go ahead, and let you can go ahead and say anything before I start, if you want. No, I, um, okay. I think this is going to be a healing experience for everybody whether you're not dealing with it maybe you know somebody mm-hmm. uh, you know so I mean either way we should talk about these things um, just to help each other out okay all right guys so be ready just you're gonna hear a little bit of movement oh dear me <laughs> <laughs> and um all right guys you know what to do strap in sit or oh, sit down strap in and crank it up because this this here will wake you up. Mm. All right, guys, here it goes. Hey, everybody. Today, I want to talk about the Stockholm Syndrome, also known as trauma bonding. 
and why this is important if you have been in a narcissistically abusive relationship or what to look out for when you suspect that someone that you know is in one of these relationships. The Stockholm Syndrome came from a bank robbery in Stockholm, Sweden, where they found that the people who were captured ended up developing empathy and a sense of almost like wanting to defend their abuser, falling in love with their abuser, with their captor in this situation. And you can see how this applies to narcissistic abuse, to so many different situations, but in particular, narcissistic abuse. Why? Well, Stockholm Syndrome has four criteria. The first one being there's a perceived threat to your life where the victim feels like the abuser or the captor could in fact kill them. And this might be a physiological, a physical threat. They feel that they're actually going to die. They're gonna kill their body. It might be a psychological threat. They might just fear that they're going to die. It might be a sense of like soul death where they're destroying your soul or a sense of identity theft where they are destroying your entire sense of self. The second criteria of Stockholm Syndrome is an act of kindness when the captor or abuser extends a small offer of kindness to the person being held hostage, to the victim in the relationship, that perceived kindness then tricks the brain, confuses the brain. The third criteria of Stockholm Syndrome is the isolation, where the captor or the abuser has isolated the victim or the hostage from the perceptions of other people. And this is a classic abuse maneuver where the abuser will always isolate the victim. They will triangulate people in your life away from you. They will make you jealous or paranoid or afraid of people in your life, people who actually care for you. They will physically isolate you. They might move you to a new place in some way, like get rid of your cell phone, somehow isolate you from connecting with the outside world. Or it might just be this very covert kind of manipulation where, you know, say you spend most of your time with this abusive person and like the rare times, like the one time or the rare times when you make plans to go see a friend, a sister, a brother, a cousin, someone who actually cares about you, you wanna go do something with other people, they will purposely sabotage that. Like before you're going out, they will make you so upset that you either lose it and you feel so horrible that you can't even leave the house and you can't go out and then they get you because they keep you stuck at home. Or you do go out and then you feel so horrible while you're out that you can't have a good time, you can't really connect with the other person, and you're so fearful that you don't actually tell them what's going on. And these kinds of things will happen a lot. So there's that isolation aspect where they don't want you to hear other people's perspectives because other people who are healthy, who are looking in on that, who actually care about you, they will call this out. They will recognize the signs of this. The fourth criteria for Stockholm Syndrome is the perceived inability to escape where the victim, the hostage feels like there's no escape, there's no way out. This is where the learned helplessness comes in. The victim feels like it's hopeless, like they can never get out. You know, maybe they got roped in financially to this person, the abuser didn't want them to get a job or told them to quit their job or sabotaged their reputation at work and they lost their job or just maybe they're self-employed, they're an entrepreneur, they have their own business and they just feel so crappy because of all this abuse that they can't put that energy into their business, the business is failing, they don't have the financial resources to get out. It so what do you think so far? Pretty heavy, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. and. Um I mean, you know, we'll we'll get into this a little further 
I mean, I've been in abusive relationships before, and so a lot of this stuff is familiar to me. You're, kid- um, you're kidding. Oh, I'm sorry. It's. I mean, it's it's fine. Uh, and that's, a, you know, anybody who knows me says that's a very Trina thing to say, that it's fine, um, you know, because I say it's fine through all the worst things that are happening. Um, but I, I feel like it's important to talk about these things because um, I think we need to change the face of what people think a victim is or somebody that's that's you know maybe uh going through stockholm syndrome or being mentally or emotionally abused i don't think um we need to look at those people as you know emotionally weak or susceptible or whatever i think you can be it can be anybody in your life the strongest person you know could be under somebody's thumb and you don't know it oh my gosh you hit on it wait so mm-hmm. I was doing some research and talking to these girls and this girl and that girl, and, and you'll never believe. Okay, so wait till you hear this. You ready? Mm-hmm. Okay. All right, mm-hmm. here we go. It's like they can't get out. They feel like they can't get out. And that's another part of feeling like you're trapped in the Stockholm Syndrome and the trauma bond. The Stockholm Syndrome, the trauma bond, this is why people can't leave. This is why they keep going back, why they get sucked back like a rubber band effect. Like they get away and then and they're doing great and you're talking to them and it's, it's amazing. They have no contact with the abuser. And then all of a sudden they hear from the abuser and it's like that rubber band effect. They're right back mm. in that relationship and you're going, oh my God, all that progress. All that time that you got away, what happened? Stockholm mm-hmm. Syndrome yeah. is what happened. This is a primal defense mechanism to survive, right? It's like this, this is the primal method that the human brain and the nervous system reacts in these kinds of situations to keep you alive. And mm-hmm. the hook here, like the real hook here is that kindness, the perceived kindness. So, you know, that goes along with that intermittent reinforcement where at first the abuser idealizes and love bombs and gives you all this positive stuff. And then they start (laughs) in with the devaluation, with the meanness, the cruelty, putting you down, you know, all of that kind of behavior. But then they're very careful to keep dosing you with those little Mm -hmm. things of kindness. Like maybe you come home and they went out to your favorite restaurant and they brought you that food or they brought you your favorite drink or they offered you you know a ride to the airport or something like that they offer to help you in some way and that's where it gets really tricky do not accept help from people that you know are abusive because that help always comes with an ulterior motive abusive people know that if they extend a small perceived kindness which they don't care about they don't mind doing that they don't mind being all fake and pretending like this is something that they want to give to you like they just put that ego totally aside like there's no pride there they're happy to help you why because they know it's going to hook you they know if they do something kind if they give you one of these gestures and you need their help especially they know that they got you so be really cautious with that I think the worst part about the Stockholm Syndrome is that what it really reinforces is that no one believes you, you know, and especially if you're involved with one of these covert types of narcissists where, you know, they're not overt, they're not out there, they're not out in the open about their narcissism, they're not bragging about their narcissism. In the community, they're pretending to be like this very exemplary figure and Mm. everyone admires them and looks up to them and thinks amazing things about them and maybe they appear to even have some kind of like normal role in the community or like some kind of, you know, leadership position Mm -hmm. at work. 
and then mm -hmm. maybe you're the person at work that they target and nobody wants to believe you because everybody else only sees the great parts about this person or mm -hmm. you know you're in this relationship maybe it's an intimate relationship with this person but like everybody else in society thinks they're amazing and they don't want to believe you and it just reinforces this whole thing of feeling so alone and you mm -hmm. feel so alone you feel so isolated because when you do share that with people when you try to tell people what's actually going on nobody wants to believe you and mm -hmm. this just becomes very very damaging to the psyche of the victim because if you go out there and you tell people and people are like you're just overreacting I'm sure you're just imagining that you're blowing it out of proportion you just can't let it go and they say these things you know and then and then if you start internalizing that and start to believe that that is very damaging to the healing process because the healing process has two things at the very foundation one is safety you have to feel safe not just in your physical environment but also in your emotional environment and that means are you able to be truthful with yourself are you able to be around people that you trust that love you that have your back do you have your back do you feel safe with yourself the second one is truth truth is what set you free truth is what helps you realize what happened and make sense of what happened understand what happened and sharing that truth with other people is paramount to the healing journey that's why you need to have a support network people who get it people who understand people who validate you not like the societal temptation and pattern which is to blame the victim for what happened you know and if you're hanging out with people who won't allow you to speak your truth if you're hanging out with people who don't believe your truth you're setting yourself back from healing you need to get away from those people you need to be around positive people uplifting people unconditionally loving people who support you in your truth and help you heal and get better the only other possibility is to fall back into the denial and that's very dangerous because the denial isn't healing the right. denial is repression Mm -hmm. It's resistance and it's only going to get worse the longer you stay in denial and that's the temptation really here is the cognitive dissonance because it's like on one hand this person is incredibly abusive and does these horrible things and when you look at the bigger patterns you just see like this person is an abusive person and then on the other hand what you see is that there's like these intermittent acts of kindness mm -hmm. like this person does these things that seems like they care about you it appears that they care about you and it confuses your mind when you're trying to hold on to both of these things well it's this and it's this they're abusive and they're kind but it's all a big picture and that's the thing because that cognitive dissonance will keep you stuck that cognitive dissonance will encourage you to go back into the denial the cognitive dissonance is what like short circuits the brain like it fries the brain where you're going back and forth and back and forth and <laughs> no you're like, shit you're right you're right back in the denial you've slid right back into the denial you've gone through the abuse amnesia where you've forgotten the abusive parts and now you're just you know rationalizing how this is a good person and they're really trying mm. to get better and they're really sorry and they're really making efforts and that's a very very dangerous very place dangerous to be. so i just wanted to put this out there to let you know isn't that amazing Mm. Isn't that the, oh. the abuse amnesia is the part that gets me um, because I think, you know, people can go through different situations in their lives and, and suffer horrific abuse, you know, whether it's from a parent or whatever. Mm -hmm. um, 
in their childhoods, for example, and then, you know, they go on to live, quote unquote, normal lives, successful lives, um, you know, and, and people think like, oh, look, they survived. They're, they're survivors. Um, and then they just assume that, like, that person is not susceptible to abuse anymore because they survived it. They went through it and then they survived it. But I think we we don't think about abuse amnesia. You know what I mean? Like, um I, I think that's something that I've gone through because, you know, I've, I've survived certain things and then gone on to, you know, I went to Harvard and like I got married, all these different things. But then every once in a while I get reminders that I've had a past where I was abused and I tend to be a little bit more susceptible than other people. Um, I don't know what it is, if it's uh, my personality or, you know, my emotional or mental makeup, but sometimes you don't realize it until it's already happened. And I'm like, man, uh, like, how did I know? Yeah. How did I not realize? I mean, you know, it's it's like you had abuse amnesia. Oh, you no. Know? And so that is a thing. And it's yeah. the truth because I heard it through for an hour and a half with this woman I was speaking to. And I just wanted to give kudos, everybody. I, first of all, I wanted to talk about this, about the Stockholm Syndrome, because I... Mm-hmm know so many people that go through this, you know, in our business. And since we have a lot of pro wrestling fans or, you know, wrestlers that listen to our podcast, um, I just thought this was very, very important um, because there's a lot of it going on with a lot of different movements. Mm-hmm. I wanted to um, give a big shout out to um, Ma- uh, Meredith. That's her name. That's the lady speaking. Um, mm-hmm. She does a lot of um, Skype one-on-one um, uh, coaching classes, um, all through this, um, you can get her, uh, I'll give all the information here at the end, um, mm-hmm. make sure that it's on the social media platform and stuff. Cause if I sit here and spit it out, I probably won't yeah. get it right and blah, 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 blah. Yeah. But uh, an, an amazing woman, um, she has a huge following and, um, she is just right on point about everything. Mm-hmm. Um, she talks about the, you know, narcissism and the trauma bonding and Stockholm syndrome and stuff. But there is, um, oh, there's something I wanted to talk about, and that's gaslighting. Um, do you know mm-hmm. much about gaslighting? A little bit. Um, okay. And the interesting thing is that I really, so I, I worked briefly um, for a law office, mm-hmm. um, and I would take calls for people looking for a lawyer, you know, looking to see if they had a case, if we could help them. Um, and I distinctly remember being on the phone with a woman for almost an hour and a half, um, listening to her situation and she kept repeating she was being gaslighted and I'm listening, you know, I'm Googling it as I'm listening to her and and listening to her, (laughs) listening to her, um, her story. What's gaslight? What's gaslight? (laughs) Right, exactly. And then, you know, obviously I get home and I, I I go and tell my husband and, you know, the first question is, um, from him is, do you think it's true? You know, do you, do you think she's telling the truth? Do you think what's happening to her is true? Um, and I told him it didn't matter because from, the facts that she told me specifically, um, she she was a vulnerable person. She, this is a, a woman living alone. Um, she lived in a, she said, a tough neighborhood. Um, a lot of men lived in her neighborhood um, and they were harassing her, but some of them were, were in the police force. And so when she'd call the police, it would be their buddies. And so nobody was believing her. Um, 
And so what I told him was whether whether her story is true or not, um, me being a woman, I can imagine being vulnerable in that situation. And so maybe maybe it's not as bad as she's saying it is. Maybe it's way worse than what she's saying it is. But the truth of the matter is that, you know, women, especially by themselves in any situation, are vulnerable and susceptible to any sort of abuse. Yeah. Um, just just because that's the, the nature of the world. Um you know, well, we've I mean, lived in, in a, a male-dominated world, and that's, right. we were very prone to that. And right. not, I'm not trying to point a finger or, or say men were back. Guys, just, I'm just saying that that was mm-hmm. our world for a long time. Yeah. And um, especially the older generation, you know, I mean, they mm-hmm. still walk around with that um, type of mentality, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, there is a very, there's something that's being passed right now. Um, it's called narcissistic victim syndrome. It's actually going to be um, where you can get help. It's, um, hmm. I just thought, wow, finally, you know. Can people... you ex- explain that to me? What is that? What's that concept? NV- NVP. Okay, I'm going to get to that because it's yeah. all in depth. And oh, narcissist. Oh, I, I didn't know it was a thing either. And I'm thinking, <laughs> finally, what about the victim? We always mm-hmm. concentrate on the person that does it. And but what do you? What does the person do? How did they go? How what did they? How did they get away? And, and mm-hmm. where did they get help? And is this really a thing? And mm-hmm. so, um, if you got a few minutes here, I'm just going to kind of uh, run a few things here. Um, gaslighting is a kind of a form of a psychological abuse used by mm-hmm. narcissists in order to install in their victims um, an extreme sense of an anxiety and confusion mm-hmm. to the point where they no longer trust their own memory, perception, or judgment. Mm-hmm. And, and and I just I'm just so I'm just so taken back by this ga- gaslighting thing. Mm-hmm. Um, the uh, techniques used in gaslighting by a narcissist are are similar to those used in brainwashing, interrogation, Mm -hmm. and torture that have been used in psychological warfare by Mm -hmm. intelligent, operative, law enforcement, and other forces forces for decades. Now, this sounds like a lot of military to me. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I mean, it sounds like a lot of military men would be that way. Um, uh, let's see. Um, just people, maybe people in authority that yeah, have leadership, yeah. but that, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, let's see, here's another one. It says, uh, the intention is to, in a systematic way, target the victim's mental equilibrium, mm-hmm. self-confidence and self-esteem so that they are no longer able to function in an independent way. On mm-hmm. freaking real. Yeah. I mean, it, they, they question it. Anybody who's trying to gaslight you is making you question reality. Yeah. You know, and what you what you may have known as reality, maybe you were right, but then suddenly, you know, whatever manipulation they've been using, you have no idea what's real anymore. No, you lose. And no, what did you call it before earlier? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> There's it, too many terms I, going around. <laughs> we're throwing so many. No, you yeah. said subconscious forgetting something. What was ah, um, the, the abuse amnesia? Yes, yes, and that you survive. Is, I mean, you survive enough times that you think nothing can kill you. Yeah, when the reality is like everything's trying to kill you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone's I against me, even freaking yeah. social media. Damn it. Oh. Um, and they, so let's see, where does the term gaslighting come from? It comes from an old 1944 Hollywood classic movie called The Gaslight. And it's kind of a film starts with the murder of a famous opera singer and they're in London and the perpetrator, they was, was after her jewels, but 
you know, and it just, he played on her like that. He, he mm-hmm. only had one thing in mind. He didn't want her. He just wanted all the life and her opulence and life and everything around her. Right. So, mm-hmm. um, he was doing things just deliberately to make her insane, psychologically manipulating mm-hmm. her and her environment. And it just, she started questioning herself and it, um, so people, I mean, if you want to really, it's an old Hollywood classic film, 1944, and that's where gaslighting and just watch what that happens in that movie. Mm-hmm. You know, it's old, but I'm sure a lot of people can, you know, resonate from that. Hmm. Um, uh, let's see, what is the purpose of gaslightings? Oh God, there's, well, let me, yeah, let go me ahead. come back to the story really quick because yeah. the unfortunate thing is that ultimately with this person that I was talking to on the phone, um, there wasn't anything we could do for her. What? Uh, yeah. I mean, At we're a law time? office and yeah. we, we specialized in cases, you know, of abuse, um, different kinds, but I mean, they're just, there's only so much we can do with what we have to work with. That's in terms funny of you evidence. said that. That's funny you yeah. said that because when I was reading here before mm-hmm. I got on, uh, the thing, the, recording the mm. podcast is yeah. they said back in the day there was it's like no one would pay attention that this was i mean mental abuse gaslighting mm-hmm. um uh, stockholm syndrome no one's like what is that that's not even yeah. a thing you're not a you know there's nothing wrong with you but right. now it's so prevalent that it is i mean it is people mental abuse i'm telling you tree i would rather get hit in the freaking arm yeah <laughs> Been right. mental abuse. Exactly. I am Get not punched kidding. in the face. Yeah. 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 Come on, sucker. I'll show you my elbow. No. Well, kidding. I mean, because part of it is like if you if you get punched in the face or whatever, you know, there's proof. There's evidence. You know, it's like it's hard to refute that. Exactly. But, See, everyone says, you know, mm-hmm. unless you have a bruise, a cut, you, you know, my arm got cut off or whatever, unless people physically see it, then they have this emotional attachment to you like, oh, gosh, something's wrong. Let me help you. But mm-hmm. mentally, you, you look good. To, I mean, physically, you look good to me when you're mentally just dying inside. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That is something. So nowadays, if someone were to call a law office and say this, I mean, people perk up. I don't How long ago was that tree? That was last year. You're kidding me. Yeah. And this was, you know, Kansas City area. So there was there were a lot of tensions. I mean, I was I was prone to believe her, you know, because there were there were a lot of areas in that in that city, you know, where a single woman living on her own would be very vulnerable because she said essentially the reason why people were these guys in her neighborhood were harassing her was because they wanted her house and her land. They wanted her to leave so that they could take it over as their own. Whoa, whoa. You know what? So So they were just harassing her. Harassing her, yeah. Yeah, so she would just either go crazy, get institutionalized, leave, whatever. That's the whole thing in that movie. That's what he was trying to do to her. That's what gaslighting Mm -hmm. is. And it it happens so much like in a controllable state, like like a, a woman to a man or a man to a woman that... They live almost vicariously through their other half in there, or they get jealous, and they just they they go through three techniques of gaslighting, and it's like the idealization stage, and then they do the devaluation stage, and then they do like a um, a discarding phase, and those are absolutely freaking 
dangerous. You don't even know you're sucked in. The one that really gets me is the freaking devaluation stage. It's kind of mm-hmm. like the relationship, um, it, it shifts into a devaluation phase. So, and it's, it's a very, it's the most lethal part of the gaslighting. So it's kind of a freaky foggy descending. It's kind of, it's over the relationship. So almost overnight, the narcissist becomes like decisively cold and uncaring. And then you're wondering like, what the, what's going, what did I do? Are you, did I say something? And then the victim falls like from grace, like really hard and they cannot seem to do anything right. So the Mm -hmm. narcissist, you know, in loving words, turns it around, turns it into criticism everything the victim tries ends up in a negative effect and then they find themselves devalued at every turn. So the victim is like totally confused. What did I do? The victim has no idea what is happening and they become increasingly stressed and unhappy and depressed and their health goes, their friends don't support them and just mm-hmm. things start running around, right? And mm-hmm. so it's called the roller coaster relationship and it leaves the victim in a state of constant chaos as if always, listen to this, walking mm-hmm. on eggshells. All their fucking energy is like directed at defending themselves all the time. So the narcissist is not getting the positive attention that they crave. So this is kind of like, this is likely to be in the time where the narcissist starts to look for a fresh provider. And they call that the narcissistic supply. And that's a whole nother deep Mm. level of that shit. Yeah, so... It's like, uh, as long as as long as they're done devaluating you and you're not mm-hmm. giving or it's like you ignore them. It's like they go on to their next victim. It's just mm-hmm. fucking weird. It's just <laughs> weird. Oh, man. I don't know what to say. And then, of course, you got your discarding phase. So, yeah, that's I mean, just, the, the weirdest oof. thing to me in in my personal history and life um is that anytime, so, you know, I've gone through abusive relationships, I've picked myself up, succeeded, and then, you know, boom, I'll find myself in another, maybe it's a friendship or a work relationship, whatever, suddenly I'm in another toxic mm-hmm. relationship. And, you know, I, I realize that I don't, well, I actually, I don't realize it until I find myself defending that person. And that's that's when the amnesia goes away. And that's ah. when I re- that's when I remember what it feels like to be abused. Um, and, you know, that's Stockholm syndrome, because I'm sitting there and I'm, you know, I'm feeling less than I'm doubting myself. I have anxiety, whatever, depression, um, things are suffering. And then people are telling me it's this other person that that is causing you this, you know, pain or whatever. And then. I have the audacity to sit there and defend that person. Mm. And that's and that's when it hits me that, oh, look, this is I'm back in the cycle of abuse um, that I didn't even realize I was in. Right. Uh, You know, and so and it can be any kind of relationship. It doesn't have to be, you know, romantic relationships. No, it it could be friendship. Yeah, Yeah, it can be friendship. It can be at work work or whatever. Like if somebody is is hurting you, whether it's emotionally like physically, whatever. Know and, the signs and you and yeah. you need to stop it right away. And, and I, you're you, defending you, them? Yeah. <laughs> like, realize, okay, this this is abuse. You know, because you should never have to defend somebody that's hurting you or other people. No, no, that is, yeah. 
No, you know? take notice right away and just step forward and speak up. Um, gaslighting is an extreme form of emotional abuse, people, and it is used by the narcissistic gaslighter to manipulate the innocent vac- victim. Mm-hmm. You know, and it just, it's so mm-hmm. insidious. It's just, I don't even know what to say. Yeah, I don't know. It's its a mess. And I think, I think maybe our society and social media and, you know, people putting themselves out there. I mean, this is, you know, the, the person you played on YouTube. There are people putting themselves out there now on Twitch. They're just sharing all of their experiences and yes. their stories of abuse and things like that. And yes. I think, I don't know if it's like created more abusers. Yeah. You know, I, it's I like worry. Weird. Yeah. I mean, because we've all we've all become vulnerable now and we put ourselves out there in, in an attempt to connect with each other and, and share each other's stories and give each other strength. But then it also makes us more susceptible. I think susceptible. it's been abused. I think it's been abused. I think yeah. everyone wants to get out there thinking that I think there's a lot of good into it. Let's just back up for a second. Yeah, I do. Mm-hmm. I think there's really true people that want to connect with other people that have the mm-hmm. same whatever their little experiences experiences. or whatever. Yeah. But I also think there's a lot of people that do go out there on social media that do attack like celebrities or even Mm -hmm. normal people. And when they celebrities or somebody put it out there, then they're attacked left and right. And they're just Mm -hmm. mentally abused by, you know, people out there that just want to bring them down. That's just trying to be good. It's just, it's really confusing because I think everybody's trying to get out there and be noticed for on some certain fucking platform yeah. for some on reason. On some which, level, yeah. But they, they have reason. no content. It's like, mm-hmm. shut the fuck up. Unless you want to help <laughs> teach or help or really have something significant or uh, something of worth, then mm-hmm. I don't know. Then I don't know. Here, I want. I did want to share this before I forget, though. The um, There's a... Uh, there's a good, there's a wonderful book that's out. It's called The Gaslighting Effect. It's by Robin Stern, PhD. And it mm-hmm. speaks of the three stages the victim will go through. And the disbelief, the defense, the depression. Um, it's just, it talks about the warning signs for recognizing. It's just amazing. So please check it out. It's called The Gaslighting Effect by Robin Stern, PhD. Mm. Yeah. Amazing. Mm. So, wow, this is kind of heavy. Yeah. Yeah. Should we talk a little bit about the warning signs? And people are probably wondering, well, what are they? Mm. What do you think? Yeah. I mean, we can talk about the warning signs or even just, you know, what you've seen, what you've heard, Um, you know, because now you've done your due diligence, you've done your research. Um, You know, what are you seeing out there? I mean, you, you probably get, you are, a celebrity so you you get (laughs) you know you probably get more hate mail than the the average person (laughs) you know (laughs) well I mean I I get you know and you know what I don't really take I don't 99% of the time I don't take down anybody's negative talk because Mm -hmm. I put it up there and I leave it up there for a purpose so other people can see it because everyone has their own opinion they're not going to agree with me or you or us or whatever and why should I just paint a 100% unicorn, beautiful picture that mm-hmm. everything is great and no one, you know, everyone agrees? No. But I don't go back and attack these people either. 
So that's the difference with me. I may get hate mail or whatever. If someone says something like, you know, I'm going to take a knife and chop off your head and then your arms and shove it up your he- up your ass, I might take that down. Because, you know, eh, that that's eh, that's not really telling me why you're pissed. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay. Um, let me see. Let's let's backtrack because how I think I think like you don't even need to be a celebrity at this point. No, you don't. Get- to get hate mail like no. people are just putting out negativity trying to take you down whether you are a WWE Hall of Famer or you're just a wrestling fan with like 50 followers or whatever it's just everybody's fair game um you know so how do you and you've probably been dealing with this now for decades before even social media started how do you deal with that negative talk and these people you know even just saying they want to kill you and they you know that that's just whatever somebody threatening you like how do you deal with all this hate that I think we all get now at this point whether you're famous or not well I have learned that I've drew a line a long time ago that I can never take anything personal but the truth of the matter is that when you read some of these things you know you kind of look at it and go god am I really am I really ugly? No, I'm not ugly. You know, so I mean, if you, if you really start um, engaging yourself in all this negativity and read it, and you can tell when there's something negative, um, or you can decipher, is it negative, but yet trying to get a message to you about something, there's, there's different levels of negativity. I'm not Mm -hmm. saying it's good. I, Negativity could be, you know, someone hitting us back and say, I really thought your episode this week sucked talking about Stockholm Syndrome because I feel like you're blaming it all on men. No, mm. we, we said, if you go back and listen, it's it it's in friendship. It's in mom and daughters. It's in, mm-hmm. it's not just romantic. Um, I've just learned to not get caught up into it, Tree. And that's, mm-hmm. and I've separated myself publicly and into my personal life. If you were to come to my house and everybody out there listening, if it's family, friends, or whoever, they know that when they come into my house, I have never ever hung any awards. I've never hung any, um, my Hot Wheels monster trucks on the walls. I, I don't have a, a hero book or a, you know, a show me thingy. I, nothing. Nothing. Mm-hmm. You could never tell what I've ever did for 36 years in my home. <laughs> because when I come in my house, I need my space. I need my life. I need my home. Mm. And I, I've learned to separate it. Um, I've, of course, I talk about it. Now, my husband has bought every freaking toy of Medusa, every freaking <laughs> game I've been in. And he's, he's, he's the one that does it, not me, but it gets shoved in an office in a plastic tote <laughs> yeah that's I mean that's I've learned really... to separate myself and I, yeah. that's why I've become very um what do people say um very confident and I'm and people misconstrue that for being you know a little narcissist I guess yeah. Or, yeah. or stuck up but no mm-hmm. it's being very positive in who I am mm-hmm. and, and knowing what I'm about and knowing mm-hmm. 
you know, I, I'm, I've never want to intentionally hurt anybody. Have I hurt people by my communication? Probably, but it wasn't going to be like, you know what, I'm going to hurt this motherfucker. <laughs> but believe me, in some relationships, I probably wanted to, but yes, and probably have, but I shouldn't have. But as far as that, no, I, you just, I don't, you separate yourself. I've, I've never let it, I never let my personal stuff in my home, you know, and then you asked me a question many episodes ago, oh, would you ever do a reality show and let them come in your home? You know what? Again, I've, that's played in my mind, Tree, ever since you asked Uh me that uh, quite a few times. (laughs) And I don't know anymore. I don't know if I would do that. That's one thing. I don't know if I would do it. You know, kudos to everyone out there and the couples and everyone's got a reality show and they're in their got their whole life going on. But I'm telling you, um, I just I'm not. Hmm. mm -mm, I don't know. No, I mean, it's fine. And, you know, I I really think uh, that's amazing to hear. Because I think that's something that... There's nothing amazing about that. It is. No, it is. Listen, I'm going to tell you why. Because I think think a lot of us, whether we've had these amazing Hall of Fame careers and, uh, you know, groundbreaking achievements, I think all of us need to learn how to separate ourselves from whatever this noise is. You know, whether it's social media, whether it's, you know, whatever's negative in your life trying to pull you down... um, don't don't associate yourself with that or don't don't think that your being your person is synonymous with the things that people say about you um you know because i think i think that's what's kept you grounded um so it's amazing to me to hear that you don't have you know plaques or trophies or whatever from your career in your home because when you go home you're just you mm-hmm. um and you're you're in touch with who you are and i think we get lost sometimes trying to, you know, do podcasts or be on social media or, or, you know, everybody's on Instagram or Snapchat and followers and likes and things like that. And so you get lost, your identity gets lost in the noise of what people are saying about oh. you and your, your profile on social media. Yeah. And that's what I want to tell you too, Tree. Some, you know, we all do, you do, I do. You've got mm-hmm. to learn, you've got to learn to separate yourself from social media too, and mm-hmm. what what are you really putting out there? What kind mm-hmm. of content? Is it because you really want people to hear you, but then you get backlash and then we hear negative things like, should this person be doing this or should they mm-hmm. be do- joining this person on that? And I think you know where I'm going with that, but I'm mm-hmm. not going to hit it totally. Mm-hmm. But it's knowing how to project yourself on there. Maybe a whole different approach mm-hmm. um, and how you answer things or how you put it out there. Um, and I wanted to talk to you about that off the air too. So, mm. well, yeah, and so, I think it'll help personally in yeah. other things. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so this is interesting because, um, you know, you're, you are a professional wrestler. Uh, and I think there are a lot of professional wrestlers out there, not just on social media, but everywhere because of the nature of wrestling who live the gimmick. You know, like they don't turn it off. Oh, gosh. Let me tell you you about working with (laughs) Randy Macho Man Savage. It was 24-7. You're so you're so grounded and you're so sure of of who you are, who you truly are outside of Medusa, outside of Alundra Blaze, outside of all the things that you've achieved. You know, what what do you see when you see wrestlers out there or people who who just can't turn it off, you know, living the gimmick like what? I don't know. What advice do you have for for anybody trying to, you know, get back in touch 
with who they really are. Well, it is hard once you cross that. Once you cross that and you're living the gimmick 24-7, I see a lot of people in a spiral. I see a lot Mm -hmm. of people revert to drugs and bad decisions, um, bad relationships. Also, I see people living the gimmick 24-7 that, you know, in the long run and their health issues go down the shitter. But Mm -hmm. then there are people that do live it and, you know, it's okay. But if that's the life you want, I mean, I can't tell them that it's wrong. Um, yeah. I, I'll, I mean, what, I mean, look at Randy. He did it for a long time, but then he finally changed. You know, he mm-hmm. he finally stopped wearing his do rag. He cut his hair, and he. I mean, he was so happy at the time that he passed. It was fuck. It was just heartbreaking. Mm. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. He was living Randy, and uh, he was back with his high school sweetheart. He married her and living mm. life beautifully. And then life was taken. You know. Mm. Yeah. And it's just too short. And we get caught up in the gimmick. And, man, there's I see more people get lost than anything. Yeah. Um, so real quick here, I wanted to give um, the warning signs of gaslighting. There, sure. There's a few. Um, one is uh, second guessing. Um, the victim has, you know, they have confidence eroded by the constant gaslighting. They live in fear of doing the wrong thing and making their own situation even more dangerous for themselves. So invariably, they find themselves asking what if and always trying to second guess themselves. And this awesome, I mean, this often affects like how they problem solve and make decisions in their own life. And that's when their life starts changing. When they start, you know, second guessing, I mean, you, you forget who you are. It's just, I mean, I've been there in different situations, not just like abuse, but just second guessing. It's like, you don't second guess because we've been given this gift called that instinct, (laughs) you know, Mm -hmm. instinct Mm -hmm. decision making. And that's just like a wild animal or wolf. You go with that instinct, you know, sometimes our heart fucks us up, but you know, hey. Anyway, Mm -hmm. another one is asking, um, am I too sensitive? So the projection and blame of, um, are the hallmarks of gaslighting Mm -hmm. all right projection and blame so the victim becomes hypersensitive to the constant humiliation of their abuser and Mm -hmm. they hear countless of times that they are oh you're too sensitive you know oh get over it and um that they soon begin to believe their 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 lies Mm -hmm. so as a result they look for approval before doing anything so being fearful that they will you know that they make more mistakes and they'll end up in humiliation i Mm -hmm. this is just it's just sickening and then there's apologizing um it's like living with you know jekyll mr Mm. hyde or whatever and the victim Mm -hmm. finds themselves always apologizing always apologizing you know, and they're not doing anything wrong. They're just, I'm sorry, or I apologize. And it's just, they want that, that power of apology from their person. It's just, Mm -hmm. oh man. Oh, that pisses me off too. So, and Mm. then, um, lack of joy and happiness in life, like melancholy all the time, you Mm -hmm. know? So Mm -hmm. if one lives under the constant tyranny of like gaslighting, uh, narcissists, they can expect extremes, lethal hostility. You know, so mm-hmm. the victims go around physically and mentally tortured, you know, that that they can cause them to suffer a personality change, leaving them feeling confused, lonely, frightened, and unhappy. 
And it's often that they continue to carry this melancholy even after they escape from their abuser for a while, Mm -hmm. for a long time. You know, mm-hmm. it takes a long time to heal from this crap. But, be, mm-hmm. but you know, you don't see the broken leg or the uh, the bruises, so that person must be okay. Okay, never right. mind. Back on the trip yeah. here. Um, knowing <laughs> something is terribly wrong but can't figure out. I think a, this is where a lot of people get stuck. So you, you know there's something wrong, and you feel it, and you know something's fucking off. But mm-hmm. you just like whatever. So the goal of gaslighting is to control is to um, control and influence the reality of the glass light E, let's say. So mm-hmm. it only works when the victim is unaware of what is really happening. Isn't, right. that, isn't that weird? So the more the victim doubts their own reality or competence, the more dependent the, they become of the abuser. I mean, mm-hmm. that's like fucking no brainer. And that's exactly, you know, um, it is a vicious circle of events that is totally confusing to the victim. And, I mean, it's just exactly what the glass gaslighter wants. I mean, that mm-hmm. is just so controlling. What a controlling fuck, man. <laughs> God. Yeah. I mean. And then they know. have trouble making decisions. I mean, mm-hmm. they just, they, after a while, you just can't make a fucking decision because you're scared. You're walking on eggshells. Um, it's just, you. Sur- um, well, and they get abused. I mean, they, they get aggressive. You know, they get aggressive, like, during, like, sexual times. It's just crazy. Crazy. Oh, my God. It's almost like well, we won't, you won't even go there. I'm just going by an experience when I spoke, spoke to a girlfriend here. So, yeah. Um, also, you have the sense that you um, used to be a very different person. You used to be more confident, more loving, and more relaxed. I mean... And then, let's see, another one is you feel hopeless and joyless, and it just goes on and on. So, I mean, mm-hmm. these are these are some good, valuable signs, people. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I think we, I mean, that's been some heavy shit mm-hmm. the last hour. Uh, um, so, um, yeah, to get on a happy note. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, you know, what we aim to do here at the podcast is just, you know, share our experiences um, share the knowledge that we have, you know, from things that we've done in our lives, things that you've done in your life. You know, we've encountered a lot of different people mm-hmm. who have gone through a lot of different things and succeeded, failed, whatever. Um, you know, and we want to talk to them. We want to share their story. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I, I think with that, when we say talking to other people, I, um, I would like to, uh, inform everybody of some exciting news that um, Tree and I, um, we are still working on this new little platform that we're going to be doing. Um, we'll tell you more. And um, we are and have decided that we're going to go ahead and bring on a guest. Um, I don't know when yet, but it's going to be very soon. Um, so you will get to hear all sorts of walks of life of guests it's not just wrestlers or sports people it could be a mother that cooks a cake i know it just bored the fuck out of you men didn't it but she's hot and she's single and she's barefoot in the kitchen does that help no (laughs) (laughs) yeah i mean we guests i think the the key word here is guests We're, we're planning to bring bring on a bunch of different people you know every every few weeks or so we haven't really gotten the schedule down but um I think we want to help share other people's stories. And um, like you said, not just wrestling, you know, mm. I think everybody has a story and everybody's story is worthwhile. I do too. And, and I think it's so important. I want to be able to open up this platform 
Um, because I think it's in relation to a lot of my colorful life because mm-hmm. I've, I've, I've experienced so much, even right. though wrestling has been, you know, the grounding of my career and the starting of everything possible, you know, up until today, mm-hmm. but it was those heartaches and adversities that got me through everything that got me to where I am today. So I'm able to talk about that and bring people together and help share and do seminars and, um, you know, workshops, whatever. Uh, so mm-hmm. I just, I think it's exciting. Mm. Yeah. I mean, so hopefully that is the, the positive note that we, that is the positive uh, you know, note that Yay. we're ending on. It was a pretty heavy, heavy episode, but, um, we have some exciting episodes and guests coming up. So look forward to that guys. Oh, me too. And, um, until next week, mm. Y'all know what to do. Sit down, strap in, and crank it up because you are listening to Medusa's Unbridled Bye, guys. <laughs> that infamous <laughs> bye, guys. I love it. Yay. Bye. <laughs>